Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and any snowflakes that happen to be listening. Welcome to the Eye of the Storm podcast, where we teach you how to take control of the storm that rages inside and around you. I'm your host, Daniel Storm. Let's get started, shall we? What's up, Storm Chasers? I'm your host, Daniel, and today with me, I have the one, the only, Trey Carmichael. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do for the people who are listening that don't know you. Man, so it it really just depends on who is asking and when on who I am and what I do when it comes down to it. And I'm sure anybody who has a tendency of having their hands in multiple pots can understand that. But when it comes <laughs> down to it, I always like to say I'm a crazy, passionate life changer that gives anyone and everyone the space they need to grow. Outside of that, I play outsource COO to impact-driven entrepreneurs. I help local companies scale, and I help individuals, companies, and musicians, et cetera, position themselves as the authority and the go-to in their marketplace. Dang, that's a lot. <laughs> um, so for those that don't know that are listening, what exactly does being an outsource COO mean? Like, what does that entail? So a COO is a chief operating officer. Basically what they do is oversee the operations of that company. And that means they have their hands in basically everything. And for every company, the COO is going to mean a different thing. But most of the time in the internet space that a lot of the people who are going to be listening to listening to your show are in the COO oversees the virtual team oversees the budget oversees the CEO's schedule helps them structure it in a way that they can be where they need to be at the most efficient times and they and what I also do is I help I help business owners take a step back and break down their company into these seven foundational pillars that every business has so well, I actually, help them be efficient and make it so that they can move into a role where their time is in the most valuable place at all times. Nice, nice. Well, actually, that um, it makes it an easy segue into one of my other questions, which is, um, do you mind talking about your seven pillars of business that you just kind of mentioned and why it's so important to create killer SOPs? And SOP, for those that don't know, just means standard operating procedures. Um and, and why it's so important to create killer SOPs so that you can create systems in your business. Absolutely, man. So when it comes down to it, a business owner is only one person. And a lot of people like to say that you wear a hundred hats as a business owner. I like to think that I broke it down to you wear about seven hats as a business owner. Ultimately, mm-hmm. if you are to try to wear seven hats and play seven roles for a long time, you are going to burn out. You're not going to hit the level of scale that you want. What's going to happen is you're going to be generating leads. That's going to be the focus. You're going to be focused on closing those leads. And then you're going to be focused on fulfilling those leads. And then by the time you turn around fulfilling those leads, you're not going to have a steady pipeline of leads for you to go close. You're going to have to start the process all over again. And it's just not scalable it's not repeatable it's the hamster wheel yep so the way that you get things to actually be repeatable is you break it down to the seven pillars that 
really every business has. It doesn't matter what industry you're talking about. It doesn't matter what you're looking at. You can break every business down into their marketing, sales, fulfillment, retention, finance, human resources and company culture, and then finally their legal aspects. Nice, nice. Really any business can be broken down into that. Once Mm -hmm. you start looking at that, you need to start documenting your SOPs. How are these things marketed? How are these things sold? Once this sells, how do we fulfill this in the most efficient way possible so that we maintain a quality across across every customer, even at scale? And then Mm -hmm. that comes down to retention. How do you keep them coming back? How do you get people sending you referrals? How do you how do you keep all of the, how do you keep all of that money flowing? Mm -hmm. If you can't retain your clients, you're not going to keep, you're not going to maintain that flow. And then ultimately none of it's going to last if your finances and your legal aren't tight, it's just Mm going to hit the fan, but your human resources and company culture is really what makes everything scalable. But to be able to get that down, you have to have everything else documented. And what you want to do is basically just create an instruction manual for how to run your company so that each role has a just documented procedure. It's steps one through six, steps one through 20, whatever it is. I try to, I always try to like to keep it into a generally a short number, as few steps as possible, and then moving it over to the, to the next process. And then it just goes to the next page in the instruction manual, so to speak. So once you have those documented, you can actually make hires. People will know what's going on. And if you got sick, your business isn't going to fail. If you focus on closing these deals for a day, you're still going to be generating leads. If you get wrapped up into a project, all the other things are still going to happen. And that's how you build a business that's actually scalable is through, the, is through focusing on those seven pillars instead of trying to wear all the hats. Yeah. Some, something that's scalable and something that you can actually like, if you have a family emergency, just yep. take time off and, and go take care of that. And you, I mean, you don't even check your bank account. And then when you come back, it's like, Oh, I just made a few thousand or tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's what most business owners are working towards. That's what it means to actually be a CEO. And I'm going to go ahead and take this opportunity and just say that most people that have CEO on their on their profiles, on their business profiles, mm-hmm. it's really not accurate. A CEO is a chief executive officer that has other people under them that make sure things are running. That a CEO is a business owner, not mm-hmm. somebody who is simply just employed by their business. Someone who works on instead of in their business. Yep. That's it. So I've heard on the grapevine that you have some interesting ways of getting guests on your show, the Local Crown LLC podcast. The link will be in the description for those that don't already know uh, where to find it. And uh, do you mind telling us a bit about that and like some hacks of getting guests in case any podcasters are listening? So or anyone that wants to start a podcast. Absolutely, man. So here is the biggest hack that... Frankly, you asking this question, people are expecting some secret bullet, some formula, Mm -hmm. but really the most powerful advice I can give you is just to ask, ask the question. And 
to kick the thought out of your mind that, oh, this guest has 200,000 followers and a blue check mark, they must be out of my range of somebody that I could get on my show because we're a newer show. We don't mm-hmm. have the viewers. We haven't had the people on here yet. Like, blah, yeah. blah, blah. It really doesn't matter when it comes down to it. If you make your profiles on your social media accounts, et cetera, that you're reaching out through look professional, you optimize it with good content and you make yourself look appealing to them. The majority of the time, these people are going to say, hmm, maybe I can benefit from that. And ultimately, they it is a compliment just to ask. Mm-hmm. If they can't fit it into, it into their schedule, they can't fit it into their schedule. You're going to get no's. But just ask the freaking questions. Like, as long as you look good online, you're going to get yeses from some people. Mm-hmm. And then also it comes down to a numbers game and playing the consistency. This is, the, this is one thing that I had to get over is, oh, I'm going to annoy people. If I message people and ask them the same question every couple of days, every few days, whatever that is, they're going to get upset with me. They're going to think I'm just a pest. And it's like, no, that's not really the case. What that actually communicates as long as you're communicating with them professionally and just saying, hey, I'm pushing this to the top. I know how busy your schedule is, I, but I really want to get you on this show. And I think it could be a win-win for both of us. Always position it from that angle. Always just say, hey, I want to promote you. I'm going to keep following up. They're not going to think that you're a pest as long as you're doing it respectfully. They're going to think that you value their time and they're going to see it as a compliment once they see it. And the more times they miss it, also, fun fact, as a business owner, as a as somebody who kind of has to respond to people for a living, you're going you're going to trigger something psychologically in them if they eventually realize, oh, man, I missed this guy messaging me a dozen times. If I'd have seen it the first couple of times, like saying no would have been easier to do, but they really put some time into this. Like they're going to think about that a lot harder. So just ask the damn questions. And then ultimately outside of just asking the questions, always remember that there are about a hundred different ways that you can ask the, ask that question. There's a dozen different social media platforms probably that most of these celebrities are on. You can go through their contact us page. You can go through any email addresses you can find. And ultimately, if you can even get to one of their gatekeepers, there's a chance you can work their way to them. If you can walk into a building that they own and talk to somebody who works there, you can eventually work your way to them just by asking the questions and being respectful to these people and showing that you value their time. So wow. Ultimately, that's, that's amazing. The key is just to freaking ask and just Well, I mean, that's like you were telling me the other followers. day. Yeah. I mean, that's like you were telling me the other day. Um you're you want to get the rock on your show. Yep. And so, what are you doing? You're just messaging him every single day. Yep. I'm messaging him and... every day. I'm going on the like his his different companies, he's got Zoa Energy, he's got ter- he's got his Terramana company right now, mm-hmm. and I'm going to these different accounts and saying, hey, I want to interview the guy that runs the place. I want to interview the Rock. I want to get him on the show. I want to feature him. I want to talk about how he's growing these companies, and 
so far, no one's seen the messages. No one's responded. But it took me about three key. years to book Jim Quick, but we booked Jim Quick. Wow, that's amazing. But yeah, consistency is key. Keep asking, and eventually, hopefully, not I mean, you'll you'll get the guests to come on. Like I have, I mean, I have some big names that I want to put on my podcast too. And I mean, I've reached out to them. Have it, any of them replied? No. Does it matter? No. Just keep on plugging away yeah, and get day, get other people get that you can. The next day, you just got to get creative and say, okay, that didn't work yesterday. How can I reach out to them today? How can I ask this question a different way today? Because there's, I, I'm willing to bet that these big names, you probably haven't messaged them on every platform that they are actually available on yet. No, I'm like, I'm still finding ways to, yep. to contact them. And honestly, after you've tried to contact people for a long time, I ended up getting Jim quick because I made a post on my birthday about it and tagged him in it and said, Hey, what I want for my birthday is literally for everybody to tag Jim quick. Wow. Tell him that this is who, that he is what I want to interview and let's get him on my show. That's I had 20, 30 people, whatever it was tagging him all throughout this day. He finally responded. I reached out to him on Facebook. He was expecting that message this time. So he responded. I got in touch with his publicist. That's amazing. Now, I'm not saying that you want to make a regular habit of just blowing people up. You want yeah. to do it respectfully, like I said. But when you're given an opportunity, like, you know, once a year is your birthday, ask mm -hmm. for something crazy. You might just get it. I mean, you did. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> Right. So I've also seen you mention before that podcasting and like press releases PR are absolutely amazing for local SEO. Can you maybe go into that a bit? Like why, why it might, why it's so potent? So ultimately the thing that podcasts and press releases have in common is they get syndicated out to a lot of different places and they build different kinds of links to your business. And when it comes to SEO, the some of the key things that that make you rank on Google is your ability to generate backlinks from high authority places that have the Google juice, as I like to say, that Google trusts. <laughs> like it's got they have their high domain authority there. And if you can build the backlinks from them, as well as creating mentions of your brand in mass online, Google is going to see you and your, your website, your content as more relevant than the other people who are not creating the same amount of content, getting mentioned the same amount and all of that. And also with local SEO, one of the big things that you want to consider is your is your name, address, and phone number just repeatedly appearing on the web. I should state in most cases, this is your business's name, address, and phone number. Typically, you're not putting your personal phone yeah. number. But um, the number of times that your name, address, and phone number, also known as your NAP or NAP in the marketing world, appears on the internet, Google takes into consideration and will move your local listings and your results up when people are searching for you 
or for stuff that you offer essentially and when they're in your area so whenever you google anything there's always the top section of local results and then there's the section below that's all the direct website results that are kind of that's your more national general syndicated results there but your the top part is your local seo mm -hmm. and your name, address, and phone number is included at the bottom of every single press release that goes out as a media contact. So that creates, on average, at least if you go through a reputable press release company, you're going to get two to three hundred. You're going to get two to three hundred placements. That's going to be two to three hundred mentions of your brand, which overall is going to bring your website up. In the Google search results, they're going to see you as more relevant, as well as when that press release goes out, it gets syndicated to high domain authority platforms that build backlinks to you as well. And it mentions your brand at two to 300 times. Wow. Now, you are super relevant just after running a single single a single press release. It can make you super relevant to Google, especially if you happen to be a local company in a city or a town where maybe people aren't really leveraging this. Because mm -hmm. on average, in most local companies, it's like a thousand to two thousand backlinks for the well-established companies. So if you're aware of these tactics, it's really not that easy to pass them up on relevancy. And then the, to, to speak more to the podcasting side, whenever you publish an episode to your podcast host, we like Captivate, uh, it syndicates that episode out to at least a dozen places. There's probably hundreds of podcast directories now that end up pick, picking up your show over time if it's up long, if it's up long enough. But it gets syndicated to dozens of places. And many of those places have extremely high domain authority because it's getting picked up by places like Google, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and even now Amazon has their podcasting platform. So what's happening is you're, really? is you're getting mentioned by all these high authority brands. You make one episode, you get mentioned at least a dozen times. Plus the backlinks from these, some of the highest domain authority platforms on the web. Wow. So those are what I would say are the two secret weapons that local companies should be implementing. And really any company should be implementing mm -hmm. because in the long term, who do people buy from? People they know, like, and trust. You don't always got to know them. You got to like and trust them when it well, comes to Well, know of them, but yeah. Days. Yeah. But these, these days, how do people get to know people? By seeing them around the internet or? Putting it into Google. Yeah. yeah putting it into Google. Yeah. Putting Local restaurants Google. near me or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So the most beneficial thing that you can do is create brand mentions and backlinks to your website. Nice. So you always talk about how important it is to understand the different types of media and creating tons of content without getting overwhelmed by it. Can you maybe dive into that a little? Absolutely. So one of the things that I always like to explain to people is that there's the two key kinds of media. There's really many kinds of media, but there's three that I like to focus on. And that is your long-term media, your short-term media, and your earned media. 
in most situation, your earned media is going to fall under the category of your long-term media as well. But I always like to mention it because these are the three that I recommend businesses focus on for overall saturation. So your long-term media is essentially any form of content that's going to show up in Google and create compounding traffic over time. This is your YouTube channel, your podcast, your blog, anything that you technically own and it stays there for a very long time. And then you have your short-term media, which is what I like to call your rented media. And that's all of your social media platforms. So your Facebook, your Instagram, your TikTok, your Tumblr, if people still use that, if that might date <laughs> me a little bit, but <laughs> I can say that now. I'm <laughs> that might date me a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so your short-term media is just all of these social media platforms. And ultimately what I like to tell people to do is to pick a form of long-term media or depending on your time, you can do more than one. But ultimately what I typically recommend to people is to either pick YouTube or a podcast. And what you do is you create long form content, cover various subjects in one sitting, do say you shoot, let's use this episode as an example. Mm. We're gonna be recording this for 30 to 45 minutes. And that's going to end up going on to, and that audio is going to end up going to your podcast. Mm -hmm. That audio is going to end up getting turned into an audiogram, I imagine. And that audiogram will end up going out to YouTube and the different video, the different long form video platforms. That audiogram then you will have the opportunity to cut into as many pieces of relevant content as you can pull out of this conversation. As many short, just 30 second, 10 second, one minute bites as, as your little heart desires, I guess is the real answer. Because <laughs> sometimes you can get a hundred pieces of content out of one interview if it's nice and juicy. Wow. But ultimately what you do is you just do one interview, one long video, and then cut it down to as many pieces of social media content as possible. And then you schedule that content out to your social media platforms using something like Buffer, Meet Edgar, Hootsuite, or something like that. There's many different social media schedulers. I always recommend that people just do a little bit of research and see what best suits their needs. Because there's different social platforms for every industry that work best and different social media schedulers have the partnerships with different social media platforms they don't they can't mm -hmm. they don't all have the instagram integration as an example mm -hmm. so if instagram's important to you then maybe you don't want to use one that doesn't have that anymore so you're going to schedule all that content out to your social media platforms now it hit youtube as well and then if you transcribe this interview you have a you have a blog article if you cut down that article into quotes you can make quote images. You can share those quotes by themselves to Twitter. Now you have content in mass and you sat down one time. On the other end of that is your earned media. If you can get yourself on other people's platforms, that always looks better because that's other people talking about you. That's other people featuring you. 
And it ultimately, the best way that I always like to say it is you can tell people you're awesome until you're literally blue in the face and they're not always going to listen to you because they don't, they don't care. They don't know who you are. But if they hear somebody that they know say, hey, I trust this person, then they're going to be more likely to make that buying decision with you and move forward with you. So if you can get on somebody else's podcast like I am right now, mm -hmm. then you can do the same thing. Now you're showing up on their platforms. That's, uh, that's external, that's backlinks that you didn't have to create yourself. You can then download that episode, repurpose it, and use it yourself as well and just repurpose it the same way. And now you look like the authority because other people are featuring you. All of your long-term media is taken care of. Well, maybe not all of it, but a lot of your long-term media is taken care of. And then your short-term media, you have a ton of content to schedule. Even if you are only doing an earned media strategy, if you're an influencer or something like that, then you can survive off of only an earned media strategy and repurposing that. That's what, I mean, the, the co-founder the co of Netflix, Mark Randolph, the, pretty much the only thing I see that man post is just repurposed segments of his interviews. Wow. That's crazy. So that is, in a nutshell, how you leverage a different type of media to save you time and ultimately just saturate your, saturate your market. Wow. All right. Well, I understand you're a busy person and we're kind of running short on time. So uh, I'm going to do kind of a rapid fire seg uh, question segment now. Awesome. So what what are the three key things that you've done in your marketing throughout your career that created the most potent results? Man, so we kind of covered a lot of this, but I'll just reiterate some of it. The most potent results that I have seen have come from figuring out the long-term and the short-term strategy, focusing on like what I did was I zeroed in on the podcast and zeroing in on the podcast allowed me to grow my network rapidly, create content quickly. And because people saw me associating with these high authority people, my authority grew quickly. Mm -hmm. And the second one, was I really wish that I had understood the power of a press release much sooner. We have clients that we can build them a brand new website on a brand new domain name that they just purchased. We can build out their site, make them some basic local listings, do the basic SEO optimization, and then run a press release. And for some keywords, that is enough to push their website to the top. For that's some insane. keywords, that's enough to rank their Google listing and push their website to the top. Obviously, many keywords are more competitive. That just gives an idea of how potent that can be. And then the third one, what would just be fo focusing on the earned media. Because the more you can get people to talk about you, just the more people are going to trust you, the more authority you're going to garner quickly. And ultimately, press releases, podcasts, all of that leads to collaboration. Press releases look like earned media. The reality of press releases is you are paying for placements on these news websites, but the general public, your, gener your customer does not know that the majority of the time. They just see it as an external source talking about you. So 
ultimately podcasting press releases and get in collaborating with other people are the three things that have the most potent results. Wow. That's awesome. So what are some of the things that you focus on in a business to ensure that everything flows efficiently and nothing slips through the cracks? So the first thing that I always do in a business is I break it down to the seven pillars that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. I do what's called a seven pillar audit where I just make a list across the top of a sheet of paper, top of a Google sheet, top of a Trello board, whatever makes you feel most comfortable. And then I just make a list of all the tasks that fall under that fall under each of those pillars. And then I'm, and then I just create that documented procedure for each and every one of those tasks. I make sure that there, and then the key thing that often gets forgotten is making sure that somewhere in those processes and procedures that the pillars actually communicate. Because if your sales and marketing are not working together efficiently, there's going to be a breach in communication. If your marketing department is going crazy and your financial department is not communicating with them and telling them, hey, we're running out of money right now. We need to focus on some organic strategies. Then it's going to run you into the ground. It, and so you just have to make sure that all of these departments have proper communication. And then that, is, that le leans into the next thing is how do you efficiently communicate with your people? What we've done is we've actually moved over to Trello boards for the majority of things because most things do not need to be a phone call. Most things that if you get on the phone call, you're gonna spend 15 to 45 minutes trying to figure something out that if you have it on a Trello board, if you, if you start with the standard operating procedure and then you basically put those steps as the different lists on your Trello board, move that SOP into that Trello board. You put the steps on the first list so that somebody can go into that Trello board, read the steps. And then as things come in, for example, I like to use the Trello board for podcast interviews. Every time that me my or my, my co-hosts do an interview, we move, we put the link to that interview, the link to the file onto a Trello board so that whoever gets to working on that first gets to working on that first. And then whenever somebody starts working on it, they move it over to the next section on the board to the working section and they tag themselves to it. This notifies every, everybody on the board. Hey, I'm working on this. We don't even need to have a conversation about it. By the wow. time it's done, wow. like you move it over to the end when it hits the ready for approval section. If it's, if it's been my team doing it and it wasn't just me doing it, they tag me on it. I go in, I know if it's in the ready for approval section, I, I need to go look for it. I need to go approve it. And then I can move it over to the, to the need scheduled section. They get notified that it moved to the need scheduled section. They know they can go schedule it out. So that communication happened in moments Whereas if they would have had to get on a phone call or wait for me to be available every single time, it just would not have happened as fast because I'm not available for phone calls most of the time. But if I get a notification on my phone, like even interviewing right now, I was looking at my notifications a minute ago, making sure that my team knew what was going on. I moved the card over and I said, yeah, that's good. It's very easy to look down and do that. Whereas if they had to call me, it would have interrupted this interview. Mm -hmm. 
So document your stuff, get clear on how you're doing it, and then figure out what the most effective way to communicate with your team is. Wow. That was a lot. <laughs> um, as a business owner, what is the number one sales tip you'd offer a new entrepreneur? Mm, stop subscribing to so many hard closers and programs and all of that. And really just remember that it's a human educate them on what you're selling so that they can make an educated decision. No matter what you're selling, you're selling them you, if they like their personality, if they need what you're buying, they're going to buy it. It is the, in my opinion, the most ethical way to sell. And it is the most just it's, it's right, in my opinion, because I see too often people in the industry that I'm in, they get people on the phone, they hard close them in the programs they're not ready for. Whereas what I like to do is if somebody comes into my agency, maybe they can't afford it. I'm not going to hard close them. I'm going to help them with their problem. I'm going to offer them a solution to their issue. A lot of the people that get on the phone with me, they're not ready to work with me because they don't have a system. <coughs> I'm going to take 10, 15 minutes to explain to them the seven pillars, tell them to go do a seven pillar audit and book a call with me in a few weeks. <coughs> if they're, if they need more, if they need their marketing to get tighter, but they can't afford it yet. I'm going to say, okay, cool. Here's how long-term and short-term media works. Commit to this. Come talk to me in a couple months. And ultimately by helping those people and focusing on the long-term of that, that's why the majority of my business now is able to be done on referrals. I'm not out there prospecting all the time. The majority of my work comes from people sending me business, whereas all of the people that I know in my space they don't have the referral flow because it's a numbers game to them and their sales team. They want to close everybody that walks in the door and if they can't afford it, they don't end up happy. If they weren't quite ready, they don't end up happy. What, I, what, what happens a lot of time in this space is somebody does not have foundational systems, their communication isn't tight, their fulfillment sucks, and they think they have a marketing problem. I'm not going to sell them a marketing package in that case. Just so ultimately that rant is really just to say, just remember people are human, educate them on what you're doing, show them why you are the expert, answer their questions, make them feel safe, and then ask them if they want help. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Cause I mean, all business is is a human, a human connection. It's a, it's a, relationship business not a oh i got another no let me move on to the next one yep. anyway so next question uh what are some networking tips that you'd offer a new business owner honestly just start putting yourself in the room with as many people as you possibly can the only reason that I have the network that I have, um, and honestly, sometimes I, I credit it to just being stupid. Sometimes I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I was young and dumb and I would walk into a room that I 
frankly, <laughs> had no place to walk into. <coughs> and I would sit next to the most successful, the most successful person in the room. <coughs> and I would ask them, how? How did you get here? Why did you get here? What drove you to get here? Like, I would just start asking them questions. And sometimes these people would be like, what the hell are you doing? But most of the time they'd be like, hey, this person actually like wants to grow. And like they're like this 18 year old, 19 year old just walked into this room and sat down next to me. And like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, it's just like this normal person, this random person that's trying to figure their life out, just came and sat down next to me. And most people will respect that and they'll have a conversation with you. It's, it, it, it's the same thing as the sales thing. Remember that they're human. It doesn't really matter who they are. I'm a big believer that when I do podcast interviews, I end up maintaining more relationships than I don't because I don't treat them like a big celebrity. I don't fangirl over them. If I feel the need to, I get it out of my system. I say, Hey, I'm a real big fan, like respectfully, like like I'm excited about this. I'm feeling kind of nervous, but like, let's get the show on the road. And I don't make a big deal over who anybody is. They're all just, they're all just people. And they're all putting I on pants the same way you do. Yep. I think that me really realizing that they're all just people is what allows me to just reach out to people and build the relationships that I do because I treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're a billionaire, a millionaire. I don't care what they've done. I don't care who they've stood next to. I'm going to treat them the I'm going to treat them and talk to them the exact same way that I talk to anybody else. That's awesome. So that I think is one of the biggest things if you're actually trying to build a network of successful and influential people. That's amazing. <laughs> Next question is, what foundational thing would you say that you implemented that you took you from cleaning up slop to storming your way to the top? Oh, man. Um, what's the right way to answer this? <laughs> so the biggest thing was I started caring more. I... When I first got into the business space, it was a numbers game. I was sold this dream of, oh, I can come on. I can start doing this. I can get a bunch of clients. I can make a bunch of money. I can outsource it. And then I can do what I want to do. And the reality is, is that's just not true. As a business owner, Every move you make, every relationship you make, everything you post, every single thing plays into the long term of what you're going to get out of your business. And you can't just you can't just come in and treat it like it's a sprint. So just care more. That honestly seems to be the theme of your business is and just how you do business in general is just care more. I spent a lot too much time uh, consulting other agencies and working with people in the coaching space who really just didn't. They did not care more. 
And if anybody who's been following me for a while is watching this, like they're going to, they know that I took a pretty big leave from social media, doing interviews like this and all of that, because I, it got to the point where I was convinced it was just the whole industry. So it, it is definitely the core of my business is we are here to set that example and show more businesses that you can do it ethically. You don't have to hard close people. You don't have to just lie and throw out buzzwords and do all of that. You can sell your stuff just by being real, raw, and human. Amen. Amen, man. All right, well, Trey, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, if our audience wants to learn more about you, uh, what is the best way for them to do so? Do you have any special offers for them? Uh, the best way to learn more about me is really just to go check out the local crown podcast, or you can go to treycarmichael.us to find any of my websites and anything else I'm a part of. Nice. Nice. Well, that's it for today, folks. Uh, thank you, Trey, um, for coming on. Is there anything else we didn't touch on that you think might be important to address? Hmm. As a, if you want to be a business owner or an entrepreneur or anything where you have to go out, go out and get it yourself. It takes a certain level of accountability. And what I find is even when people take that leap, they don't hold themselves accountable. They don't they don't give themselves permission to go all in. I feel like a lot of people are waiting for somebody to tell them to do the thing. And frankly, all I'm going to, all I'm going to leave y'all with is just do the fucking thing or you never will. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really hope you learned something that can help you out. If you have questions, email us at info at eyeofthestormmedia.us. And if you want to get featured on our publication, Inside the Storm, alongside the likes of John Lee Dumas, The Entrepreneur on Fire, Sharon Lecter, and Jim Quick, all for free, then head over to eyeofthestormmedia.us slash become a contributor. And again, thanks for listening. See you next time.